epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Sekou Smith and John Schumann from NBA.com here to Hang Time Podcast. Instant analysis from Game 2 of the Finals here at Oracle Arena. Golden State Warriors pull out another one, John. Um, no, no, Not a shocker, I would imagine, to anybody that they would win Game 2. Um, but for the bench to be cleared, for the Cavaliers bench to be cleared, what, with a little over four minutes to play? That was that was maybe a surprise after an overtime win in game one. You thought maybe the Cavaliers had enough juice to stretch this thing deeper into the clock, didn't you? They um, they made a little bit of a run in the third quarter, cut a 13-point uh, halftime lead down to five. Um but they couldn't sustain that, and they never really slowed down the Golden State offense tonight. The Warriors shot had an effective field goal percentage of 66.5%, which is the second highest number in, in any game for these teams in the four finals that they've played, um, just a hair shy of uh, the Cavs' uh, mark in Game 4 last year. And their effective field goal percentage before garbage time set in was 70%. So that would have been, you know, the highest mark and the highest mark for the Warriors um, in this postseason. So are, we, are we allowed to call it officially, call it garbage time? Oh, yeah. It was we can call it garbage time? Garbage time. Garbage. In the words of uh, the fabulous Marv Albert. Right, right. Um, so, really, I mean, the Cavs had a, a terrific third quarter, and they cut only three points off the lead. Uh, it went from 13 at halftime to 10 after the third and that just wasn't enough. And then Steph Curry really got cooking in the fourth, and, and that was that. That magic third quarter, you know, is usually indicated for the, the Warriors of what's to come. But the 122 to 103 win salted away actually this time in the fourth quarter. Um, you, you mentioned Steph. He had some some vintage Steph bombs tonight. And this, I, I know we're two games in. There's a lot of basketball to be played, but. But this is perhaps Steph's path to kind of finishing the one thing he hasn't done so far, which is earn a Finals MVP trophy. I mean, he's he got himself. He's got to be the front runner right now, right? I would think so. He got yeah. himself a Finals record tonight with nine threes. That's yeah, a, that set the highest uh, the mark for for uh, for Finals three pointer or three pointers in a game in the Finals, uh, breaking the mark held by Ray Allen, which was eight. Right. Um, his nine threes also uh, tied for the second ha- highest mark in postseason history. Just uh, shy of uh, Clay Thompson's 11 in Game Six in Oklahoma City uh, a couple years ago. Um, he had a terrific game. He, I think, he really targeted Kevin Love in the pick and roll. Um, tried to get isolated on Love either to drive to the basket or to uh, dance around and hit his uh, patented step back threes. And of course, um, the highlight of the night was a little bit of a desperation heave uh, at the shot clock buzzer that brought rain and then splashed through the net uh in the fourth he was five for five uh on threes in the fourth quarter unbelievable i mean uh, we talk about all the time just that 
he makes them a, a different animal in terms of how he stretches the floor and forces the defense to to play differently. Tonight was the one of the greatest examples of that, of just how impactful Steph can be as a shot maker and fear factor for the defense in terms of how you defend these, this Warriors team. Yeah, it's true. Like, actually... You know, as 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 great as his perimeter performance was, the Warriors really got going inside. They they made their first seven shots, and six of those seven shots were layups. But like you said, that first bucket was a JaVale McGee slip to the rim because he set he was setting a screen for Steph Curry, and the the Cavs are just so fearful of the shooting that you know they're they're overplaying the perimeter and McGee slipped to the basket and had had himself an easy dunk for the first basket of the night and you know Cavs never tied or took the lead after that never recovered basically yeah that I felt that was one of the things I highlighted in uh in my 10 lingering thoughts from game two that you can find on nba.com was that that's the first significant tweak for either side was starting JaVale instead of Kevon Looney and just the the size, length, it, it added something totally different, you know, in terms of rim protector and a rim roller for the Warriors that they didn't have to start game one. Cleveland did not look comfortable getting working around JaVale early, which is kind of weird. He's not – this is his first time starting in the finals, obviously. and But, I mean, he was a factor. Yeah, I mean, he, he ended up as a, a plus zero for the night. He's had his right. defensive issues against the Cavs. He really had some issues last year um, to the point that he, he became unplayable in game five. Um, but like you said, he has that – he has uh, what the other Golden State bigs can't, can't provide is that rolling presence to the rim that just gives um, – you know, when you have that with complementary shooting on the, on the perimeter – and a, a point guard who can shoot off the dribble, um, it makes it tough to guard. It, it really is like a, a really complimentary piece to to what the, the the Warriors have elsewhere on the on the floor. There's such a healthy break between game two and game three. Is that enough time for Cleveland to kind of wash these first two <laughs> games out of their system? You know what I mean? Get it out of their system. Get back home. Get comfortable and recognize that game three becomes the season now. You can't afford to go down 3-0 against this team and expect. I mean, even though, even though you've been down 3-1 to this team and come back and won in the past, you can't. You cannot go home and, and lose game three and expect to come back here for game five. That's true. Um, but we can go back to the Eastern Conference Finals where they uh, lost games one and two to the Celtics, and the Celtics clearly looked like the better team. Um, and then they went to Cleveland and took uh, games three and four and – series changed after that you know they ended up winning um you know what the two days off between games also though is it provides Andre Iguodala an extra day um for him to possibly recover and get back I mean he's been out now for two weeks um he's missed six games so far and um you know you could think that Cleveland going home will have you know with the way they played you know in game one through uh, you know three quarters of, of game two you'd think you know they they could win a game at home win maybe two games at home uh, but then you remember the Warriors could have uh, one of their most important players coming back also. right do we are we ready to change any 
significant thoughts we have about this series, the matchup, you know, how it plays out. To me, it's the results have been what I thought they'd be. I thought Golden State would leave here with a 2-0 lead in the series. What I didn't bargain on, Steph seems like he's completely shaken off the, the question marks about his readiness from the conference finals and whether or not he was going to play well enough. And the other guy who tonight, to me, put on the right kind of performance. He's not going to be the finals MVP necessarily unless he goes bananas these next few games. But I love what Durant did. I love Kevin Durant's game. I love the the 10 for 14 from the floor, which is ridiculous. You know, made two of his three shots from beyond the three-point line, nine rebounds, seven assists, I like the seven two blocks. Assists. We talk about him not being a facilitator. Tonight he was that. I like the seven assists. I think a lot of them came on isolations where he got into the paint and then and then drew, drew a defender and then found somebody under the basket. Um, the seven assists is great. The Warriors are now twelve and zero in the playoffs when he has four or more assists. Twelve and zero in the playoffs when they have twenty five or more as yeah, a team. So yeah, so I mean that's obviously a big part. I think the, the the offense never really got stagnant like it did in the first in the fourth quarter of Game One where we really were like, oh, what are these guys doing? Right. Um, I think we never even saw any of that, really. I thought they were um, much more decisive, even when they did ISO. Um, they went quick and um, and didn't let it get too stagnant, and I thought that was uh, a big difference. Um, so we'll see, you know, and, and it helped that LeBron James just wasn't as, as quite as aggressive as he was in game one on the other end of the floor. What do you, I mean, what do you think led to that? What do you think was the, the issue for LeBron? Was it you think it's fatigue? You think it's the way they defended him? Do you think it was just the opportunities were not there for him? He attacked. Yeah. He still attacked the basket. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he did. Like he was in game one, he was nine for ten in the restricted area. Tonight he was uh, eight for eleven in the restricted area. Um, but the difference was the outside. In game one, he was ten for twenty-two from outside the restricted area. Tonight, just two for nine. So he didn't shoot well, and he didn't shoot as often. Um, it seemed like there was a couple times where he was just on the perimeter, and instead of trying to attack and pass, he was just trying to p- pass from the perimeter, and, and, and the Warriors' defense really wasn't letting him do that. Um, they were staying at home until he attacked. You know, Once he got into the paint, yeah, they'll collapse, but if he's not doing that, they're going to stay at home. And so him just sort of playing from the high post and then trying to find guys from there was a little bit more difficult than, than maybe he expected. You t- Listen, I, I, I trust your eyeballs and in your basketball IQ you tell me how the Warriors don't win this series if LeBron's going to play like a mortal like if he's not going to play superhuman LeBron I, I don't see any path for Cleveland to win this series he's got to I'm not saying he's got to get 51 but I mean he's got to play offensively and energy-wise, at a, at a superhuman level for this team to have a chance to win the series. Yeah, and the issue is that, you know, the Cavs just don't have a second guy to create off the dribble, to do anything by himself. You know, they they truly miss Kyrie Irving, you know, like that second guy who can, um, when LeBron's playing off the ball, create something. You know, they just count on LeBron to basically create all of their offense, whether it's... Um, him for it, whether it's for himself or it's hit you know, the attention that he draws creating you know opportunities for everybody else um you know i thought they had some success in game one playing through kevin love in the post but we really didn't see uh, much of that um tonight in game two 
Two other guys I, I, will, I refuse to finish this podcast without mentioning. Sean Livingston, perfect five for five from the floor offensively. Um, you know, four for four in the first half, huge minutes, um, ten points, five rebounds. I mean, just without Iguodala, him playing, stepping up and playing the way he has has been critical. And the other guy I can't get off of here without mentioning is J.R. Smith. 31 minutes, seven seconds of the the most ghostly basketball. I mean, it, it, uh, you barely remember he was out there if, if he wasn't getting MVP chants from, from the Warriors crowd and, and getting a bigger ovation when they introduced the players than Steph did. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how he's greeted in Cleveland uh, for Game 3. Um, I thought that was... Uh, Interesting from from the the Warriors crowd. One giving him a great ovation when he was introduced before the game, then giving him the MVP chant when he went to the free throw line, showing him some love. Um, yeah, he's got. I mean, they just need more from him. And I think the problem is, you know, unless LeBron is attacking, you know, Golden State is staying at home on these guys, and they're not getting easy opportunities. You know, I, I can't recall them missing too many open shots um, in Game Two. We're going to shift this series to. Uh Cleveland, Ohio. Um, going to be interesting to see how the, the Cavaliers respond and how this Warriors team travels in terms of do they pack the same flow and energy. They, they're in the Western Conference Finals. They had some difficulty doing that in Houston. We're going to see if they can take this on the road, this 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 rhythm that they're playing in right now because I think they're in a really good rhythm. And they should have some motivation to win game three and, not, and, and, and sort of, you know, uh, put their stamp on this series and and you know we saw it last year last year they were going for 16 and 0 and right they, and right. they had and they came out um game three obviously was the best game of the series last year um and they wanted that 16 and 0 of course they dropped the ball you know two <laughs> nights later in game four right um but i think they'll be you know similarly motivated to win game three um and go for a sweep that they didn't get last year right it's gonna be interesting Make sure you go to NBA.com to get all of the finals coverage, NBA TV, the wrap-up, press conferences, the whole nine, everything you need from the finals here. Game two in the books, 122-103. to 103. The Golden State Warriors take a 2-0 lead in this series. We are now headed to Cleveland, Ohio for games three and four. See you at the Fotang Cafe. See you at the Fotang Cafe where we are regulars. Regulars. Sekou Smith, John Schumann here at Oracle Arena. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, Sekouna Matata.